Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the Darkest Timeline Podcast, and it's episode 101. That's right, past the 100 mark, but we're still going. So, by now, I imagine you know the drill. Games, movies, TV, and something from the week. If you're watching us on YouTube, do subscribe. I've seen lots of lovely YouTube subscribers. And it's amazing, but, you know, could always be more YouTube subscribers. Podcast listeners, you can also subscribe, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe and support us in any way. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the Darkest Timeline Podcast. Right, here we go, 101, not room 101, episode 101, and no, I'm not going to spend every episode telling you what episode it is, <coughs> obviously, episode 100 was a big thing, I was going to get our guest to come on this week, and then I was like, eh, I kind of feel like the moment's gone, so, uh, no guest. Is the short one there, peeps? No guest. I have obviously put the microphone in the wrong place. Um, just seem to be having audio issues at the moment. Um, which is not amazing when this is an audio podcast. Uh, but yes, I believe small hands have been hard at work causing chaos with the mixer. Anyway, let's get cracking. Um, yeah, it's a mixed bag of tricks this week, kids. Um, so, obviously the way this podcast works is like it's broken down in sections, something from the week, um, and then there's like Films, TV, and games. Unfortunately for anybody that doesn't tune in for the games section of the podcast, um, the stuff from the week is is games heavy. Um, just because, for once, in a, a blue moon, um, I actually got quite interested in buying a new game. Oh, oh yes, drinking a... A lovely uh, non-alcoholic pale ale, which is really dark. Makes no sense. Um, check out the uh, check out the pursuit of hoppiness on that one. So, <clears throat> the new Resident Evil came out on Friday. Um, I, I've, had, I've had an up and down relationship with Resident Evil, and. Uh, had a conversation with Sam of uh, gaming podcast fame and so on um, about how uh, I'd played all of the Resident Evils up to five 
And he'd been talking to me about Resident Evil 6. I was like, oh, that, that doesn't ring a bell. When I did a, a clear out of my retro games, found a copy of Resident Evil 6. I was like, guess I played that then and have no recollection of it. Shows how much of an impact it made. When Resident Evil 7 came along, I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm out of the of the Resident Evil genre. Um, and then I started like looking, vaguely looking at it. I'm like, oh, it's super creepy. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, House of a Thousand Corpses sort of genre. And I was like, that is absolutely not for me. Um, so I kind of let that game pass me by completely. Um, it just, it just wasn't going to be the game for me. Uh, the, there are too many elements there. Um, me and horror, I don't, I don't really do horror um, to a degree. Uh, I, I have seen many a horror movie in the past but there are certain types of horror that i am okay with and certain types of horror i am not um because i think it's cheap uh one of the biggest things is jump scares i think that i think it's a cheap version of horror and the reason for that is because they get me every time uh and that's why i don't like it uh, and i know for some people that's a big draw some people love that um but for me, it's it, it's the opposite. I hate it because it gets me every time, sort of thing. Um, so that was that. Obviously, time passes. Next thing, we've got Resident Evil 8. The Village. Um, which I watched a video the other day. I watched like a review of it. I never even realised that they've managed to get the Roman numerals for 8 into the, the word village. It's like, meh. Part of me was a bit like, eh, it's a bit cheap, and part of me was like, eh, it's kind of clever. So, 8 comes along, gets a review, it's like, uh, 8 out of 10. Alright, right. 8 out of 10, it's good to go. Then I start hearing words like, oh, it's nothing, you know, it doesn't play like 7, plays more like 4. And I'm like, ooh, I like Resident Evil 4. To the point that I bought it recently. Um... So, you know, all of these things going out, it plays a different way. They wanted to move away from the quote-unquote seven was too scary and all this. I'm like, oh, okay. Started watching a few videos, started watching a few sort of reviews. And I was like, actually, do you know something? Not only um, am I, am I I'm quite interested in this and to the point that I might consider actually getting this. I might consider buying it. So, off I trot to my uh, usual locations, locale, for buying uh, computer games, namely Amazon uh, and a variety of other websites. And that's where things went horribly, horribly wrong. So, for 
Resident Evil 8, which was released that day. Amazon wanted 60 English pounds. And I was like, are you what? So when the next part of this came in, I was like, oh, what's happening? Because not only did they want £60 for it, it was out of stock. That means that it had sold out. Now, you know, so I've seen some stuff saying that it, uh, it's one of the highest played Resident Evil games at launch. I think there was a thing saying there was 100,000 people playing it at once on Steam, which beat Resident Evil 7 by 25,000 people. I get it. But then I started, like, you know, putting two and two together, and it's like, okay, so this is the first proper game that we've had released since... <clears throat> well, for me, since Outriders. Um... Now, I was trying to work this out the other day. Uh, and I think I narrowed it down to Outriders came out sometime in March. Um, we are now two weeks into May. Uh, so, you know, this is, this is the worst time for games. Because uh, there aren't any. And there are these, you know, new consoles out on about, and no games. So, it's like, alright, here we go. So what you're talking about is, because there's this drought, you can basically charge whatever you want for a new game. And not only that, people will pay it. This is what the games market has wanted for an entire generation of games. Microsoft and Sony attempted to do this last time round. So for the release of the PS4, with the release of the Xbox One, they attempted to convince people to pay £60 for games. And people were like, we absolutely will not do that. Give it five years or so. So I was just like, you are, you are, you are having an absolute giraffe. As it is, hunting around and, uh, you know, you would never pay £60 for a game. That is just insanity. I don't care what game it is, I don't care how good it is. You just, you just can't. That's, that's craziness. So, you know, you go to all the various different websites and, you know, find it cheaper. Uh... In the process of doing this, again, Sam, um, and then followed by uh, Land Jumped on this one, uh, I've been convinced to buy uh, Resident Evil 7. So I'm waiting for a copy of that to turn up, uh, and then I'll play, I'll attempt to play 7, and then um, we'll see, we'll see about Resident Evil 8. Um, and, and and this is it. there's a continuation to this because I saw an article a few days ago talking about how Sony have, have, have said that they're looking to make a new version of the PS5 
and the, it's it's statements like that it's things like that that i'm just like what is going on here the the games market is literally the you know, the, the 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 bottom has fallen out of the market yet i think i think sony have been huffing paint or something because they they just don't seem to have a clue at the moment because the then today i saw a thing that like oh yeah we expect the uh, the stock shortages on ps5s to last well into 2022 okay is that the current one or the new one that you've announced and it's just like sony are are the worst for it at the moment um they're just like we don't really care what's going on with the actual games market. We're just going to keep chugging along, not having a frigging clue about what's going on. It's completely baffling. Bear in mind that they're also, they also announced that the PS5 is the fastest selling, or highest selling, or whatever number they want to use. Yet, nobody's got one. I know one person that owns a PlayStation 5. I know one person that owns an Xbox, whatever the hell they're called. That's it. That, that's it. So who the hell has all of these PlayStations? I do not know. It feels very much like the games market has... Um, just collapsed in on itself uh, and like i said at the start if you if you're not here for the games uh i i apologize um games is a, is a bit of a, a bit of a thing for me sometimes a bigger thing sometimes less of a thing you know there are points in the last few weeks where i've gone nearly a week without playing anything which to some people doesn't sound like a lot and to others Anywho, let's talk about puppies instead. Um, puppy ownership is basically Googling things. And if your search doesn't start with how to stop puppy doing X, then you might have gone wrong somewhere. Because uh, that's all I do. The other thing I Google is, should puppy be doing this? And guess what? The answer is always no. Absolutely no, that's terrible. I Googled something this evening. It's like, why is he always doing this? Googled it. Google, Google's like, don't ever let a puppy do that. It's the one of the worst things that they can do. I'm like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, stop it, stop doing that. And then you read more, and it's like, oh, this, this, this is a really, really bad sign. Okay, that's, that's, that's cool. That's super fun. Um, so one of the things that I had to Google in the last week is, um, do puppies have toilet training regressions? Because, uh, you know, X number of weeks down the line from being supposedly toilet trained puppies like 
<clears throat> I know that I do normally go outside to go for a wee, but um, how about I just do it here instead? I, what, what, what? No, you go outside. Oh, all right, yeah, I forgot about that. Next day, it's like, oh, um, rather than going outside, how about I do a wee here on this blanket? It's like, no. Next day. I mean, if I do it in the garage, that's kind of like outside, isn't it? No. <clears throat> so, yeah, you Google stuff like that. You, you Google it and you're like, oh, okay, that is a thing. Such complex beings. I, I, I keep coming back to it. I think they're more complex than babies. And I think they're harder work than babies. And I am just left in this world of... Why would anybody get a puppy? It, you know, having got one and, and living through it, I'm like, why would anyone do this? It makes no sense. All puppies should be like pre-trained to a certain degree, to, to a certain level. It's it bonkers. Like I, I talked I talked to like various people, you know, my sister and, and, and various people, other people about, you know, people I know who have got dogs. And they just talk like, oh you know, you've only got two years of this. They used the word only and the other words were two years in the same sentence like it's nothing. And like, oh, it's all right, you know, once they get past this point, they calm down. Okay. It's comforting to know that that point will come, but it's a really long way off. Now again, I keep doing these podcasts and I keep doing these pup dates. <laughs> um, and I am very much aware that it sounds to the untrained ear that uh, I am not enjoying puppy ownership um, <clears throat> and here's the thing for all of the issues the fact that uh, how many weeks are we at now seven weeks something like that um, the puppy still cannot sit on command. The puppy can sit at any given moment. Whenever it wants to, it's like, I'll just sit down. Yeah? What's happening? Shall I sit down? That's his that's his like go-to move, sitting down. Um yet if you say to him sit, he's like, what's that then? It makes for amazing interactions it's like okay yet pretty sure i've managed to train him poor the command poor in like three goes like i said it to him at one point partially joking it's like poor and he's like there you go there's my paw I'm like what is happening right now 
tried it another opportunity, tried it, tried it again. I was like, paw. He's like, there you go, there's my paw. I'm like, I do not understand this. Ironically, obviously he's sitting down when he does it. <clears throat> tried it in the garden for a laugh this evening. I was like, paw. He's like, there you go, mate, there's my paw. Like, cool. Sit. He's like, what's that then? It bonkers. But, like I say, to the untrained ear, it sounds very much like I'm not enjoying puppy ownership. Um, and there have been a variety of taxing moments. But, like I say, he, uh, you know, gives you his paw, and you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. He totally gets me. Um, we, had a, we had a bro trip last Wednesday, me and him. Right, he was riding shotgun. I drove him around the block a few times in the car. And then I was like, I reckon you can handle it. So we took a drive out uh, to somewhere that I used to take my eldest daughter. Um, we used to go on a Friday evening in the summer. Um, we used to go and get ice cream, go for a walk. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of nice to, to take him there. So a special place, special memories, um, and I was like, let's do that. Uh, and we did, and he absolutely loved it. And I was like, oh. So, you know, he was in the car, he was in the front seat, he was clipped in, trying out his new uh, car seat clip and all that fun. Um, and, you know, we're driving along, I'm talking to him, he lo he's looking at me like, yeah, I get you. I get you, big guy. And I'm like, I think you get me. And he's like, I do. You know, that kind of situation. It was like some kind of buddy cop movie. It was like K9. Um, that's the that's the sweet spot. Um, and then you've got times where you stood at a road for 10 minutes going, sit, sit. Here, look, I've got a treat. Do you want to sit now? No. So yeah. A side note to puppy ownership. If you ever sort of wondered or thought or noticed or observed that people are generally, as a rule, miserable, what you want to do is get yourself a puppy, get out in that big old, big wide world and realise just how truly miserable people are. And I get it, you know, dogs, a lot of people are afraid of dogs. A lot of people look at a, a dog or a puppy or somebody or, or, or that situation and get anxious. But at the same time, it's like, hello, there's a puppy. Surely that instantly cheers you up. But yeah, I have never seen such level of misery in people's faces. Than, uh, than since I got a puppy. So uh, that's super comforting. Right. I reckon last year I probably spent quite a lot of time talking about um, making, making uh, cold coffee, cold brew. Um, it was my last year's lockdown type deal. Um, so recently uh, I've had this sort of this 
coming together of various different things. Number one, uh, I got way too into um, Starbucks caramel macchiato, both hot and cold, which didn't help. Because you know, if it's a cold day, you can get a hot one. If it's a hot day, you can get a cold one. Bad news. Got super into them, um, which you know, obviously, big fan of. My bank account, not so much. Then I started thinking, hmm, not entirely sure these are good for the waistline. So all of these things came together, and I was like, I need to start doing something about uh, about about my money, because um, I can't I can't go out, buy two coffees, come home a nine quid lighter and think that that's acceptable I think that's okay so I was like that need to stop it from that aspect um, also like I said I don't know you know calories wise probably a lot of sugar um, but then I saw an opportunity I saw an opportunity for this summer's homemade drink to be a homemade iced caramel macchiato now firstly we need to ignore the statement about the sugar now that we've done that now we can move on so i looked it up on the internet and the internet's like yeah super easy i was like cool to the point that if you go to the starbucks website i'm pretty sure they will give you a step-by-step -step instruction for the majority of the drinks they make which is what I did. Uh, so they were like, you need ice, you need milk, you need vanilla. Not a big fan of vanilla. But uh, I was like, hey, I'll give it a go. Uh, you need vanilla, you need um, coffee, you need some drizzle, caramel drizzle for the top. Um, I had all of those things. I, I, I have the ability to produce ice. I have milk. Um, I bought some vanilla uh, and after a long long search uh, managed to get some caramel drizzle but not at first I was like hey, you know I don't think I think that's where you're gonna save on your calories save on your sugar content let's go without the caramel drizzle so I followed the step-by-step -step instructions for making the drink and what I ended up with was not a homemade caramel macchiato so I'm like I'm using I've got caramel syrup and it's not a good one it's I don't think it's sugar free I think it's like less sugar like a reduced sugar one um, and as anybody will know reduced sugar means doesn't taste very good so I had to deal with that. So then I was like, okay, so, you know, and this is the thing, this is how it goes. So I just end up like, oh, how can I tweak it? How can I make it better? How can I make the, the, <clears throat> the thing I'm trying to make? So I had another go. Okay, so put the ice in, put the vanilla in, put the uh, caramel in. 
put the milk in, put the coffee in. Tried that one and I was like, uh, I, I think this one might be worse. <coughs> so this time what I did, what I'd done differently is I'd put the caramel in with the vanilla rather than put it in last. So I got Leanne to try it and she was like, I honestly think you need the drizzle. So then the search began for the drizzle. Um, hunted it down and uh, finally found it. Got the drizzle. Um, so then, here we go. Third time's the charm. Hit it with, hit, see previous recipe. Hit it with the drizzle at the end. And what I ended up with was it was not, even, you know, adding the drizzle to it made it not as nice as it was previously. So at this point, it's like the plot thickens. What the hell's going on here? So again, Leanne's like, has all the caramel drizzle just sunk to the bottom of the glass? So I lifted the glass up above eye level. I was like, yeah, that's absolutely what's happened, isn't it? So, fourth time's a charm. See previous recipe, but this time, put caramel drizzle round the glass. So I ran it round the inside of the glass, then made the drink. <coughs> and this time, almost exactly the same thing happened. But, started to taste a little bit better. So, today, I'm like, today's the day. Here's what we're going to do. Again, see previous recipe. So this time, I was like, do you know something? When I get a caramel, an iced caramel macchiato, when I buy one, I never drink it straight away. Either I'll buy it and take it home. Um, so it's, you know, it's got X amount of time to sit before I drink it. Or... Alternatively, I buy it, take it home, put it in the fridge. And it could be like, sometimes like 12 hours later before I get to drinking it. So I was like, I've got an idea. A little bit of drizzle around the inside lip. Not the whole glass, just the inside lip. Make the drink as see previous recipe. Little bit of caramel drizzle on top. And then just leave it sat. Now, by the way, if anybody wants to see a super cool kind of uh, separation thing. Make the recipe that I've just given you and look at how the coffee just sits on top of the milk. It, it, it's actually really cool. It's just like, yeah, it's cool. So I left it sat for probably a good five minutes or so. And then what I usually do is give it a stir. Because I'm like, why would you want... The, the stuff separate gave it a stir then i gave it an extra stir to make sure that the the, the caramel uh, was actually mixed in and i had a little taste i was like that's it that's it right there that that is close so i personally think what i need to do is is attempt uh, a change of caramel syrup 
And then I think I'll have cracked it. And then we're in some seriously deep shit. Because then I can make caramel macchiatos at home. Iced caramel macchiatos at home. And then it's just, the, the wheels are going to come off the bus, ladies and gentlemen. This is what happens when you stop doing drugs. You get, you know, super caught up in making cold coffee. Anyway, um, oh yeah, there was there was one thing, uh, making that first one and it just being not nice. Uh, all I could think of was that episode of Friends where they try and make coffee at home, and it made me laugh. I saw an advert recently about, um, I think it was like a Nike advert or something, but it was like about sport and people doing sports and laughing when they failed because they know that. Um, Something like they know they're going to get better. So failing's all part of it, sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, give me a different insight into stuff. So, my phone is just dead. Not, not fully, but as close to, he says, looking at his phone. So, here's a list of things that my phone cannot do. Number one, uh, notify me that I have any WhatsApp messages. Number two, it can't tell me that I have, basically it can't tell me I've got any messages. So any platform that sends messages, it can't inform me that I have said messages. Um, every now and then, it can't download emails. And every now and then, and by, by every now and then, I mean four times a day, the sound stops working. Um, it's been a real difficulty for me because I've been really enjoying paying £16 a month on, on my phone bill for quite some time. Uh, and, you know, the part of me that does love a good conspiracy, uh, I'm like... Anytime your phone doesn't update past a certain point, it's it's just it's steadily being broken um, to make you buy a new phone. Things aren't meant to last; they're not designed to last. I know that Apple are uh, one of the forerunners of companies um, who are trying to stop the uh, the this reusable. Things need to be able to be fixed and replaced and being reusable. And Apple are one of the people wanting to stop it happening. Good old Apple. They're such a such an energy conscious, uh, resource conscious company. So um, this weekend, the 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 phone has been basically unusable. Um, there's been things like points in time where I needed to get up. And the, the sound's gone, which means that my alarm hasn't, you know, it's gone off, but there's no sound. So it's, you know, effectively just, no, you know, nothing. Um, he says, remembering to put his alarms back on. So in the end, 
um, after a long, long, long conversation with the phone people today, finally bit the bullet, ordered a new phone, it will arrive tomorrow. So then the fun begins. So I'm like, let's be proactive. Now here's the thing. Every single time that I have attempted to be proactive, always backfires. Example, I'm like, right, let's get the phone backed up. That actually went a lot smoother than I thought it was going to. However, I was like, oh, hang on a minute. What about my photos? I seem to remember when I used to use um, a Mac. Because um, I, you know, I had an iPhone, I had a Mac. I was like, two and two together, should work well. How do I back my phone, my photos up? And it's like, oh, you need a, uh, you need a completely separate program to iTunes to do that. Super annoying, super difficult, super buggy, didn't work properly, all of this. This could very well be 10 years ago. Nearly. Maybe. So obviously, times have changed, things have moved on, and we're now faced with me trying to back up photos to a PC. Google it. Exactly the same thing. You need a different program to do this. Like, okay. Get the program open. Here we go. Uh, do it. Oh, I, don't, uh, I, I can't do that, I'm afraid. Okay, why? I have no idea. Okay, cool. Um, rinse and repeat that for the next two to three hours. And you'll have what my day looked like today. What I'm left with is my um, between the PC and the phone, I've lost a um, couple of hundred, two or three hundred photos in the process, which is super, super cool because this uh, this happens every time. And now, the best bit of all, the phone won't connect to the program that backs up the photos. No idea why, no idea how to change that, no idea what to do. The two will not connect to each other. So, I start looking into how to move all of the photos from one phone to the other. I don't even have the other phone. Found, found a way to do it, checked to see if it works. It would appear that it would work. Obviously, I won't know until I'm faced with the situation probably tomorrow. And I was like, do you know something? I've had, um, I've had an iPhone since the iPhone 3. Um, and to me, what is it that every single person wants to do when they get a new phone? They want it to be exactly the same as their current phone, just better. They want a better model phone, they want a better camera, they want a better, more space, faster this, do that, do the other. But ultimately, 
they also want it to be the same. I want my photos, I want my apps, I want my banking, I want my social media, I want my messages, I want absolutely everything the same, just on a new phone. I don't think that's ever, I've done, I've been through the process every single time. It's the same. Back up one phone, get new phone, make new phone, same as old phone. And Apple have basically looked at that process and gone, how can we make it as difficult, as close to, but not quite impossible? That seems to be their number one goal. Because I had this problem back donkey's years. I've had this problem with every single iPhone I've ever had. So as a company that's at the forefront of technology, I can only assume that this is actually the goal. The goal is to make it as difficult as possible. And the only thing about that is that I can't work out why. Because if there was a thing where they were saying, hey, we can make money out of you if you do this, which makes the process easier, I could understand it. Now, I'm going to caveat that by saying that is absolutely what they're doing because there is a thing that exists called iCloud. iCloud is basically give us all of your photographs. And we're not going to give you enough space to move all of your photographs. So you have to pay us for more space. And now like I say, the, the, the thing about it is that they've gone, yep, let's make the process as hard as possible. So ultimately, you will just end up being in, uh, boxed into a corner and have to give us money and all of your photographs. And let's not forget, you know, it's, it, it's iCloud that's always the one that's getting hacked and people's photos getting stolen. So, you know, <coughs> like I say, I've, I've potentially found a solution um, and don't tell Apple but it doesn't involve iCloud right let's talk about some um, some other stuff I have I've actually watched a couple of movies um, I, I, I sound shocked because I am because um, I kind of got out of the movie watching zone and then very quickly found myself back there um i've watched a tv episode and i've played a game so a while ago i had it recommended to me to watch a tv series that tv series is the series solar opposites um available through disney plus uh, but i think it's part of the star or stars is it section of disney plus 
uh, because it's, you know, adult humory type thing. Made by, uh, who is listed as the co-creator of Rick and Marty, who is absolutely the creator of Rick and Marty. Uh, described to me as Rick and Marty without Dan Harmon. My response being, that can only be a good thing. Uh, I, used to, I used to quite like Dan Harmon. Um, but over time, I had various realisations. One of them being is that I don't think he's ever actually created anything. I think he's just ridden the coattails of people around him. Namely, uh, Rick and Marty. So Justin Ryland, the co-creator of Rick and Marty, has done this series, this Solar Opposites. So I was like, do you know what? It's been recommended to me. Uh, so I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch it. So I watched the first episode of Solar Opposites. And I got to the end of the episode. That's not that's not true. I, got, you know, I was watching the episode. And all I could think was, why? Because it... It's just Rick and Marty. That, that's all it is. It's just Rick and Marty. It's made by the same person that made Rick, Rick and Marty. And it's not identical, but it's, it's just the same thing. And I was watching it and I was just like, in a world where Rick and Marty exists, why do we need this? And I was, talk I was talking to Lan about it, I was saying, I get it, I, I, I do get it, I do understand, you know, when you've created something and then somebody else takes credit for it and then that other, that other person makes millions and millions and millions of dollars off the back of your creation, um, you're naturally going to be a little bit like, eh. And, you know, I'm sure Justin Ryland makes a, a nice tidy living off the back of Rick and Marty. But it's difficult... To be in a situation where you are listed as a co-creator, um, when I think we need to face facts that I don't think Dan Harmon could have created that if he'd have been given a million years. Because um, I just don't, I personally don't think that is that is his ability. I think his ability is to find talented people and take credit for their work but that's my opinion uh, so unfortunately um, I, I just don't see the point to it as a series um, I'd like to give you like a aliens crash on earth uh, and I have to lay, it feels like third rock from the sun and Rick and Marty had a baby and produced this TV series. It's that. But that's but that's kind of what I mean. I mean it's like it, it's so it's so everything else that it's you know what is the point? So I do feel it's harsh to judge something on one episode, the first episode. So there's that part of me that's like I should probably go back and, and give it another whirl. Um, I don't know when that will be, though. So I watched a couple of films. Um, 
first of which is I finally got around to watching Bad Boys for Life. My review of this film is is there's quite a lot of review, and I don't want us to be sitting here for a really long time. I was a huge Bad Boys fan. When Bad Boys came out, I was a big fan of that film. Big fan of that film. Rented it from Blockbuster so many times. Ended up buying um, an ex-rental copy of Bad Boys on VHS. Came in a massive box from Blockbuster. Um absolutely loved it I, I, I could quote that film from start to finish um, and as part of uh, film night I have a feeling that we did uh, a movie cast for bad boys possibly um, and I felt you know I, I have a you know, I have, I have quite a love for that film, so I feel it still stands up. When I was on paternity leave, I bought Bad Boys 1 and 2 on Blu-ray, and I watched them both. Bad Boys 1, to me, still stands up. Bad Boys 2, I realised, having watched it more recently, I say more recently, you know, in the last two years, uh, is a terrible, terrible film. There is one good scene in that film, and it's the Reggie scene. And that's that. So then they announced they're making a third one. And it's like, not directed by Michael Bay. Mm. and I saw a, I saw a making of at one point and realised that um, it was very heavy on the on the Will Smith involved I'm pretty sure he's a producer and one of those kind of situations where it, it was it became quite obvious quite you know quite evident that he was very much in control of the of the film and that shows when you sit down to watch it because <clears throat> although Martin Lawrence is back uh, in the in the film in the franchise and stuff, uh, weirdly, he's not really in like a certain amount of the film. Um, I saw some stuff early on when they were making it, and I. Had a series of concerns about Martin Lawrence being in it because he just seems to have developed this like square head it's really off-putting to me um, so I watched it and I was like there was this whole sort of section where it was just Will Smith and it was very much about Will Smith and uh, the one thing that they absolutely did not learn from the second one was two thirds of the of the second one was set in Miami in America. I think it's you know, 
uh, and then they go off to somewhere else they go to a different country um, and there's another like 45 minutes of the film where they're in a different country didn't learn from their mistakes there because in this one they're in Miami for the majority of it and then they go off to Mexico um, the thing was it was fine solid 6 out of 10 um, I imagine there's a little bit I, I give it a little bit more leeway because um, like I say you know, I, I, have a, I have a love for the first one um, but watching it and I was getting towards the back end and I was like who is this film for because you don't get these kinds of these kinds of action movies anymore. I was watching this. And there was this section where you know it was all machine guns and explosions and helicopters falling out of the sky and all of this. And all I could think was, you can tell how unrealistic this is, because as police officers, the amount of paperwork they'd have to do. Yeah, I know it's that old chestnut, but it, it really was like they'd never be able to do any work. Because they just spend their time filling out paperwork because of you know all the explosions. Um, another thing that was a real downer for me was it was super heavy on the CG. Um, what I what I refer to as unnecessary CG, like certain things that had been CG'd, and I was like, why? Why have you done that? Um, this heavily, this heavy reliance for CG these days, um, I do feel is a detriment. Um, you know, when you're watching Iron Man and, and he's and he's in the suit, absolutely go nuts with the CG. Uh, when you when you're watching Transformers and you've got a big transforming truck, go nuts. When you're trying to make out someone's driving down the street so you add a, a, a weird reflection to someone's sunglasses unnecessary um, it was fine I didn't buy it um, which was it's been in my Amazon basket since the day it was released I today took it out of my Amazon basket because I've now seen it it didn't cost me anything to watch it because I watched it on Sky um, and I watched it on my it's not even my Sky I don't have Sky um, <clears throat> so yeah very much a uh, glad I've seen it not going to be rushing to watch it again Speaking of, uh, last night, in fact, I watched uh, Zombieland Double Tap, or Zombieland 2 as it's known. Uh, again, today I took it, that out of my Amazon basket because, again, it's been there since the day it was released. Um, just, just why? They make a joke right at the start of the film where they're like, oh, you know, doing another one after so long. Yeah, good question. Just because you address it as a joke doesn't make it okay. 
that film, I know it didn't get amazing reviews, um, which is why I've never pushed the button and bought it. Uh, again, watched it for free, watched it on the old Sky Go, and so glad I didn't pay money for it. Because ultimately, the only thing about that film is you spend your entire time going, why? What was the purpose for them making it other than cashing in? What was the purpose of the, you know, the story? Story was almost non-existent. It was just a cash grab. Um, it was, in places, it was just a carbon copy of the first one. But the difference being is the first one had this true sense of, like a mission. They were doing a thing. And there was, you know, twists and turns and whatever, but they were actually doing a thing. In the second one, they were like, oh, we're going to do a thing. Kind of. You know, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll get there eventually, but here, let's take this weird detour that seems to have no purpose. Um, quite a letdown as a, as a bit of a movie. Um, two highlights. One, the first one started with uh, Metallica playing over the start of the film, and so did the second, which I, you know, I was like, yay. And two, there's a, there's a section at the end which has got Bill Murray in, and that was probably the best bit of the film. So, yeah. Uh, disappointing um, <clears throat> I've got written down here on my list Outriders will it ever end obviously I wrote that X number of days ago because I'm pretty sure I finished Outriders last night um, I'm going to go back to it this evening uh, in fact I'm going to go back to it in a bit and I'm going to just make sure that I have finished it. Um, yeah, I think by now, I think we, we can all agree on this one. Um, I am glad. If I've finished it, I am glad I've finished it. It's probably not a game I'll go back to. Even though there's a multitude. There's like three other classes. And I'm just like, I'm good, thanks. Um, you know... People point out to me, I've been playing that game for weeks and weeks and weeks. So value for money, yes. Um, as far as entertainment, enjoyment and other such things, just, just, just no really. Um, it is just, it was super lacking. Um, It's a cover shooter with powers, but the powers are not amazing. And once you've unlocked, like by the end of the game, I was still using one of the first powers I'd unlocked. So that gives you kind of an idea of how extensive it is. Um, it was just, I just, I, I just said to people for when I was time, I was like, it's just. It just wasn't the game for me. Um, but from like talking to other people, it feels like it's probably not really the game for most people. Like everybody I've talked to about it, uh, some people are like, oh, I'm not playing that. That's not for me. 
other people like you know they've got it they've played a little bit of it like oh i'm just taking a bit of a break from it and i'm like you are never going back to that game um yeah short version is uh as far as outriders is concerned i'm going to double check it's finished if it is cool that that's that's that um I will move on to playing Resident Evil games instead. See how I get on with those. So there we go, ladies and gents. Episode 101 in the bag. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spend week in week out telling what episode it is because I won't remember it past a certain point. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining me, and. Uh, until next time, I'll catch you around. Take care. Bye! So there you go, what do you think to that? Another one done. Another one gone. Here's to another hundred episodes and beyond. Big thank you to all the new YouTube subscribers. You're all awesome. If that's you right now, you're like, yeah, you're right, I am. But maybe I can do more. Maybe I can get other people to subscribe. Maybe you could. If you're just digging the audio, listening on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever podcasts live these days, then that's cool. But you can also help out by subscribing, and it's a huge help. So that's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I will see you then. Bye!